Hi everyone and welcome to episode 8 of What Would You Do If? Uh, we've got Chris Grimes, Business Development Director at BDB. Mo- I was going to say morning, but I don't know what time you listen to this. <laughs> and uh, Matt Smith, CEO of BDB. And this week's topic is, uh, what would you do if people challenged you to say you were more obsessed with winning work than delivering work? Big one this, I think. It's an important one. Yeah. Um, go on, I'll fire it at you for a change. What do you think? Well, having worked in agency world for quite a while now i think it's the bane of the industry mm-hmm. and i think that it gives i want to say the marketers and the the, the the directors of companies will blame it on the salespeople mm-hmm. because the salespeople over promise under deliver and are generally a lot more positive about yeah. pitches than yeah. so we, we could get into the whole debate of Salespeople and 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 in agencies, but actually the the thing is, there's not many salespeople in agencies, and that's kind of sometimes part of the problem. I think the the, the problem itself, though, in terms of chasing chasing the work rather than being obsessed with your actual capabilities, to, or can to you deliver, deliver it, runs a lot further than just marketing agencies. Let's be honest. This yeah. is this could be a pan sector piece, but in the sense of any service based sector, I would say that isn't just selling widgets. Um, and then you've got capacity constraints and that kind of thing. Well, it's a totally different thing again. But in the sense of any service-based industry, you you go and chase the work and convert it. I don't think, and then and then you you know the the classic phrase of win it and worry about it. How many times have you heard oh that? Oh my god! Because a lot of people say that to me. You know, yeah. well, you just want to win it and then worry about it, don't you? Which I get the sentiment of it because clearly you want to get that work in, and you yeah. and nine times out of ten you'll find a way to make things work and, and service and deliver it. But it's a bit of a seat of your pants approach to running a business. If, if that's you, if that's your approach, you win it and then worry about it. So there's a really, really good analogy that I always give. Obviously, you'll have heard in previous podcasts. I'm part of a, a network called BNI, um, which is a global network organisation. And one of the biggest, biggest things that we say in BNI is be careful what you wish for. Yeah. So a little story to that, and it's kind of off the B2B track, but really relevant to this. There's a lady who came into our group and she run a cleaning company, a commercial cleaning company. Yeah. And uh, she's only been going about six months, doing really well in business, um, great turnover, flying absolutely high. Yep. So she asked for Harvey Nichols in the, okay. she asked for the um, facilities manager at Harvey Nichols. And um guy puts his hand up and says, I, I, I can do that intro for you. It's my brother-in-law or my sister-in-law, I can't absolutely remember which ideal. one yeah. like, uh, Brilliant. So she was absolutely, you know, on top of the world got the intro, won the business, and um, three months down the line, complaint got put in because she had to pull out and couldn't deliver the work because right. she'd taken on. Scale too quickly. Scale too quickly. And that scale, she tips. So was she a, a nice person? Was she? The intent was right. The, the yeah. intent was right, but be careful what you wish for because mm-hmm. sometimes that's what you get. So if you are an agency or a service-based business you've got to be and I always ask you sometimes don't I when when, like when we look at our pipeline what would we do if all those drop in and you and you always go we'd staff up pretty quickly because we can because we've got the cash flow over there the the difference is with the differences with us with that kind of thing if you know I think most agencies most market agencies sort of stick into that as a as a a core feature I guess because you can dance around all the service centers here but in terms of most most market agencies run pretty lean Mm -hmm. I don't think there'll be many marketing agencies out there that are sat on a fatty bun if you are by the way you probably want to do something about it but if you sat there with a big fat underbelly of team members that have got loads of capacity and aren't billing 
you're not, you're not going to fully survive for very long, are you? So there's very few agencies that are sat on a, on a, on a bunch of staff waiting to be mm. occupied with capacity waiting to come in. You'll always have a little bit of capacity and everything flows in work probably, but most people run pretty lean and have to scale when they onboard a new client. I think that's pretty, pretty typical of most agencies yeah. globally. Um, your ability to scale and the speed you can scale takes some strategic planning. So at BDB, we're always on the lookout for talent continually. And if somebody crops up who we think is a good fit, chances are we'll hire them. So that is more of a speculative hire, but we know the pipeline so consistent at the minute in terms of the work that's coming in, the projects that are coming in, alongside the organic growth on our existing client base, that we can bring somebody on board. And by the time they've served a notice period, and by the time they've joined us a month, three months later. But we're not like most agencies are we I mean, no but, we, no, but then it comes back to things asked before on previous podcasts that's not luck like we strategically no, no. no I'm laughing but we strategically do it like that and we run it like this for a reason um, so we can scale quickly so we can onboard clients because ultimately our ability to execute and deliver is much more important to me than within the work which sounds like, sounds ridiculous the work's got to come in mm. but the work will come in but if we if we don't deliver and by this I mean to our existing clients first of all then our new business we and we have turned down work before because we we we, we, we well, sometimes you have to if you know it's not a good fit yeah. or whatever it may be. But execution is everything, absolutely everything. You're only as good as your last job. You're only as good as your last project. And despite being trading for thirty plus years, BDB clients will drop us if we if we drop the ball on something. Mm-hmm. So we can't afford to not have the right team expertise and depth of talent to execute. And sometimes that is allowing a little bit more capacity potentially because they need a bit more headspace bit more time to think, a bit more time to create, rather than rushing and rushing and rushing. Um, and I think what's really important though is, you know, obviously sometimes we do drop the ball on a very, very rare occasion, but I think the, the best thing that I've seen here at BDB compared to other agencies is the ability to turn those situations around and the client sometimes not even know that's, that's happened. Yeah, we're, 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 genuinely we, we are, I... I could say with confidence seen as an extension of the client's team. I know it's a phrase that's overused, but we're, we're part of their team. We're part of their function working with them. So in any day-to-day life, things go things go well and things go wrong sometimes. But um, the the work ethic, the commitment, and the buy-in of the team that we've got here, you know, that's why people put the hours in. That's why people work incredibly long hours. But they do it because they don't want to let that client down. And they also do it because they don't want to let me and the, and the team down here, I guess. So that, that's, that's a cultural thing. But then that's why we also have unlimited holidays and that's why we have everything else to kind of reward those guys and recognise all the work that they put in. But that, that execution point is one of the main differentiators, I think, for us in a pitch that we'll say it and we'll stand behind it. So rather than, and we see it an awful lot when, when you're at, ch- changing suppliers on kind of a broader Marcoms opportunity. So when we're onboarding a client to us from maybe a, a PR perspective or a creative perspective or a branding perspective, is much easier than getting somebody to switch on, say, an exhibition stand or something like that. Because for me, for me, there's a risk. There's a risk with all of it by changing suppliers, obviously. Mm. But normally, when they change from a Mark Commons perspective, they're looking for more of a, fr- a fresh, a deli- yeah. fresh idea, fresh, fresh ideas, uh, better conversions, better conversions. Uh, yeah, because they're normally they've got a bit lethargic um, and, and lost interest in the existing supply or lost a bit of confidence in them. Oh, they've just gone stale, hasn't it? Like but it? people will move them a lot easier, is my point. So you don't need to really hammer home, which we still do, the fact that we can do this and we will do this. And you can reference us to any of our clients, pick a client from the roster, go and speak to them. Um, you know, I'm not embarrassed for anybody to speak to any of our clients and they'd get a, a really robust fair, but a really robust assessment of what we're, what we're good at here. 
you know, we offer that as part of our, our pitch process all the time. But I think getting somebody to switch where there's an event and something's contingent that they change and they, they want to have the confidence that that, that stand, one is going to look like the picture you, you, you've <laughs> shown them the pitch, yeah. two, it's going to be there on the days it needs to be there, built and, and constructed. Um, you know, and all compliant with all the various and it's aspects the, and it's of it. the project and management around it, isn't it? And the, the delivery, the execution of, yeah, of being there on the day, knowing that right, if the lights go out, what, uh, and particularly if they're, if they're previously used. And I know on a previous podcast, I think it was the last one, we touched on kind of the international aspects of business and that kind of thing. Um, if if they're used to using an in-territory supplier, so if there is a uh, a German-based exhibition and they use a German supplier. They feel a bit. They feel a bit more confident because they're down the road potentially. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't mean they're getting best in class. Doesn't mean they're getting the best service. The optimised ideas. But for, for us personally here at BDB, stressing and emphasising that execution matters to us really matters. You know, we, we will deliver on this for you with proof points of how and why we can deliver on it for the client as well. Um, for me, if I if I was in if I was the client receiving that pitch and he didn't say he didn't mention the execution point. I'd argue that you could just be show ponying, as we said earlier, in the sense of turning up with your pitch team. And how many agencies do this? They rock up with their A1 pitch team, the guys you know can go and speak eloquently and win the business. Mm. You win it, it gets passed down the team to somebody else. Or it gets out. Get, you know, or outsourced. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say that's a good point. Yeah. Or gets outsourced. Um, so the people you've met, spoke with, and who've committed and gave you the back that commitment that they'll do all this great stuff for you aren't even the people you're dealing with now. No. And you've fobbed off from pillar to post. And ultimately, it'll fail, and you'll end up moving suppliers again. But I don't know that, that, that for, for me, and it's something I, I've stressed with the team here. That the one thing we're winning is great. There's all that you know, breaking out the champagne and ringing the bell when you win, win a new client. But but delivering it's the important thing, um, and also managing expectations and and following through on any commitments you've made. Because I think I think for me that's the bit that's the biggest thing that agencies well, get wrong. It's not. Yeah, it's the it is the biggest thing that. And the reason why, again, we had a, a scenario recently, which I, I sometimes I'm almost crying for clients. We had a client recently um, who had commissioned a website to be built. Oh God, yeah, yeah. And I mean, this was one. I, I mean, I, I hear stories like this all the time, by the way. Um, and that's about two years into the process. Two years, and it. When I thought, God, two years, it must be like the biggest e-com site that I've, I've ever ever seen. It, it, it wasn't, by the way. It, it should have took. It should have took maximum. I mean, I'm like, and I'm giving the agency grace here, maximum three or four months, and I mean maximum three or four months. Yes. Yeah. Um, based on, I know how the client. Having worked with work with a client now, how fast the client are responding, how. You know, they're, they're not a client that's not. You'd argue, not, you'd, you'd argue in that scenario, and this happens, they've been missold, but that's the point around the execution, their, their ability to execute the, the, the people, the people they, I won't even call them an agency, yeah, yeah. the people they engage. There's no way they were doing the work. No. They've clearly outsourced it, probably offshored the development of that website. I assume been through two or three cycles of people working on it because as people have moved and pinged around and suppliers have changed. So they've, they've been in the classic, they've sold in the dream. Yeah. And then abs absolutely failed on the delivery of it. But when when did we ever when did we ever step away from checking like references from previous work and all that kind of stuff? I mean, what I was, we've just done it with a recent client and said. Well, reference. Well, reference. There's a difference between reference, isn't there? So coming back, I'll back to what I said before. I'm not saying to a client you can ring 
this person, this person, or this person to get a reference. I'm saying of our entire client roster, ring who you want. Who you want, yeah. Like I've no, I've no qualms with well, it. And don't get me wrong. the point, though, Some isn't clients it? will give us a. I know if they ring some clients, we'll get an absolutely amazing reference. Other ones will get a good reference, and not because we're good. It's just the the nature of the individual. Some people will be more flowery and 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 excited to speak about us, and other people will see as piece of admin having to give us a reference, so it won't come across quite as well. But the point being. I don't think any of our clients we wouldn't choose to work with us if no, we didn't do it. But well. my point is, though, when when as clients do we stop? Because they, they don't do it, do they? No, I think some do do it. But what agencies that I've seen, agencies I've worked with, agencies I've been in and amongst, will say, "Feel free to ring X Chris at BNI. Uh, he, he, he he can give you a reference on us." Well, Chris at BNI clearly been teed up. He's probably been paid commission to to say, "Oh, they're amazing. These guys, what a great guy." Yeah, yeah. Or clients get a bit overly glamoured by testimonials on a website, you know, X company delivered in such a great set frame of time, with you, a time frame for us and a great budget for us. And you see five or six of those on a website and they've got these guys, they must be the business these. And because time's precious these days, because you're distracted and because you're very busy, do you follow up on that? And that you can even spin this into recruitment. And I, I know we fall foul of it, but more, more because we generally know people we're taking on these days. But in the sense of, um, do, do we do as a robust no, a no. referencing process as what would have been done five years no, ago? Definitely, no, one. definitely not. But I don't think many. I, I, I don't know if any everybody follows no, that. I, I don't. I don't, I, I don't know. It's a fair shout, but and that referencing point is really important. But I think you, if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it properly, you want an open reference. Yeah. That, that, like a, or or a word of mouth. You know, if you, you, have you heard of these guys? Have you come across them before? Do they operate in these markets? Whatever it may be. But. You understand where I'm coming from, though. We totally should, get yeah, it. yeah. It's, totally get it. it's just not checked at all. I don't, and I, and I think that if you, I think our clients do though. That's but that's probably no, our, client, our, our clients. Our clients do. Our clients to. do, but obviously with the podcast to try and sure. speak sure, as sure, broadly sure. as possible sure. for for me. An SME who might be listening to this to a, a global marketing director. I think, like in, certainly for my my old my older life in professional services, they clients would threaten to reference you. I don't mean that in a, a threat. I mean, that, what, it, during a pitch process, they go, are you okay if we take references from clients? And you go, yeah, of course, of course you are. They never did. Never. So I think the fact you had the confidence in a pitch to go, yeah, of course you can. Like, yeah. Probably put their mind at rest and think, oh, he's, he's fine with speaking to his clients. And you sort of think, well, no, actually speak to them. Hear how, hear how good we are at what we do. Or, or... So this is going a, a little bit off left field on it because I've always thought about over the years about there is no regulation in agency world, is there? No. Um, uh, no, the, the, no, no. There's no regulation. There's things like PRCA and RA recommendation, RAR recommendation. But even RAs like are money making. Like well, the, the, all of them you have to. Pay, uh, well, I mean, I'm being, I'm being, I'm being skeptical, but all of them you have to pay a fee to to do. Yeah. At the moment, I would say you introduce a fee to anything, unless it, unless it's a professional qualified subscription or something. Yeah, no, yeah. But re really, you're paying for a badge. Is my is my take on it. So the the, be, the best point of reference you can get is is clients. Yeah. But, but I don't think that I don't think that's done a lot. Do you, do you think do you think regulation would cut a lot of the the cowboys out there out? Because I always think and I, I know when as soon as I say this, you'll 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 understand where I'm coming from with it. There is no other market like recruitment. Is that recruitment should be regulated? I mean, it should have been regulated years and years and years. No, and that, and that, that operates in both directions, doesn't it? Because I saw the piece the other week, and I can't remember what it was. Where sixteen agencies, you'll see, you'll know which one I'm talking about. Sixteen agencies have been invited to pitch oh my God. for the Manchester restaurant and bar chain. It was something, so it wasn't the scale of. of, of no, it was a London. It was a London. Oh, was it London? Yeah, so it was. It, it was right? London. Oh, it was a Manchester agency. Yeah, yeah. That was it, wasn't it? But I, I was 
watching the comments flying on that on social media. So it's not, it's obviously not the market we operate in. But when you talk about regulation, the ability for people to invite 16 agencies and waste 16 agencies' time. So it works both ways, is my point. No, but I think, but that's the regulation back, would potentially stop that as well. Yeah, yeah, but going, yeah, going, going back to my pre, what I said on the previous podcast, and, we'll, and we'll, we will do the um, charging for pitch one on, on another mm. podcast. But if we are, and I had this conversation with an agency the other day in a, in a cafe actually, and because he said, "Oh, what's your what's your take on it? Why can't we?" So, for example, I'll, get, I'll give you a really good example. Five to ten years ago. Everyone got away with sixty-day payment terms in the industry. It was yeah. like it was like a known thing. Like yeah. if you had an agency, you had sixty-day payment terms. Now, obviously, absolutely awful for cash flow. Yeah, not great. And then someone went, "Why? Why we're not charging fifty percent up front, fifty percent on delivery?" Yeah. And the whole industry then went brilliant. Okay. <laughs> 30, 30. So, if the if the agencies as a if it was regulated and as a governing body, you had to charge for pitches. For example, I'm not saying this should happen, by the way, no, no. but it's a debatable point about delivery and about it working from both sides is and regulation worked all the way through the process by the way so pitch process you're paying for a pitch you wouldn't be inviting 16 people to pitch would you no so that's that's that was just and you would be checking but what i mean is that 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 works in both directions but for me stop wasting the time of agencies because you invest an awful lot of time in the pitch process and it costs a lot of money Mm. but then the flip side of it well don't go and pitch something knowing you can't deliver it um and as I say, I think that whole win it and worry about it approach is ter- is just awful. And I think you get the other thing you would say, people get glamorized by winning new business. And I think I've, I've seen this across most of my career, that you're that busy chasing your wish list, your top 100, your top 50, that you're neglecting the clients who've already chosen to engage with you, which results in the classic leaky bucket analogy. But... I've seen so many clients fall away because their quality of service degrades as people are pulled off chasing new, new shiny new opportunities. And it's something that I, I won't do here at BDB. The team would back me on this, that we, we utilize our best team and our best clients. Yeah. And then prospecting, we, we all get involved with it, but we don't have a pitch team. We've said that previously. If you, if you meet somebody at the pitch, that, that they will form part of your pitch team. I'm not saying if I go to a pitch, clearly I'm not going to, I'm you do really, have an active hand in pretty much. Yeah, no, you, you do. Though, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So it's not. It's not a. But you should. You should. You should do. That's my role. To mm. have a, have a, play a hand in, in clients. But in the sense of, um, we don't have a dedicated pitch team here on purpose. You're prob- you're probably the the only person at the minute, and that's probably better. You say you're not involved in stuff, but who, who's not an integral client handler? You'd say to an extent, to one extent or another. But you are. You're involved in stuff. Yeah, and I think, I think what's going to be interesting. As we obviously we just hired a videographer, and we're, oh, yeah, we're yeah, going yeah. to start documenting stuff, and I think that will be really, really what you what you, what you will see during that series, and 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 what we're going to do is just how much involvement everybody has, and I think that's really important, by the yeah. way, and I think and I think one of the reasons for doing the video series and yeah. what we're going to do around that is to show because I I I, I know how much involvement you have in. Yeah pitches it's not just a and i think it'd be great for everyone to see your involvement in pitches but not only that how much you own well, i think you see it on the classic team structure chart as part of a pitch don't you yeah, you see a dotted you line going over to me and a dotted line going over to somebody else and this is your core team but the team that's on that chart is genuinely the people that are around the boards they're brainstorming they're the teams that are actually working up ideas we're all involved in it together um 
I, I truly believe in trying to lead from the front and trying to back up on what we say to the clients. And if you disappear into the ether once you've won the work, never seen again till 12 months later when you turn up for a check-in of how's it going, a little health check of that client, that's not great client service and they've not bought into the intellect and the people they've met in the room on that day. So the, the follow-through the follow -through is, is absolutely everything. But just to be clear, it, it's most important on your existing clients mm. who've chosen to work with you. They, they've engaged with you. So they should be getting the absolute top draw service, yeah. which is why we've done things like the knowledge. But we, you know, not, it's not, not about plugging it here. It's more, but we've done that. That's why we do these. Existing clients. It's why we've done these to try and get content out there quicker on more topical issues to our clients. So if they've got, rather than having a frequently asked questions, arguably in... In a short time, we should have a series of podcasts where a question can be met with, yeah, listen to this podcast, because that's the topic we've covered that day. But I just think most most agencies I come across, execution lets them down. Also linked to how junior the team is, how quickly they cycle through team members, how how what continuity they have in the team. And I think that's a big bit, another big plus point here at BDB that we, that we hold on to team members. But that's because we, we pay well, we've got the culture right. Mm. You know, it's all work in progress. Obviously, we keep, keep trying to improve. But having that continuity in team helps our clients because they get under the skin of the technical client. They work with them closer. Well, I think that's the, probably the most vital thing. I don't think you could, and that's obviously, I know one of your biggest things is not cycling through people. And the reason why people have stayed here for so long is you physically can't really lose people because of the technical expertise that they have then with that client. You, you, you do lose people, yeah. but you'd be lying if you didn't say that, but in the sense of not many. No. And for you know, if we do, it's for the right reasons, I'd say. Mm. So in the sense of if people move on, it's because they want to try something different, relocate, emigrate, you, you name it. We've had all sorts of different things that people have left us. But for me, it was creating that kind of culture where people could build a career. So in the sense of that, that's as much angle to the individual as it is clients because if you don't have that client continuity your ability to deliver and execute is considerably compromised you would say um so that that for me is a huge part of it but you know i, I challenge anybody listening to it is in a service-based business how many pieces of work have you won knowing you're going to struggle to deliver it yeah and that's that's the the truth in the matter so Really, if you enter into a process like that with a client, you're, you're a liar, a bit of a fraud, I would say. It's a bit, a bit both, maybe, but... but no, well, you are a little bit, You're making bit, though, fraudulent claims to a yeah. client and getting them to invest and buy into you, no, knowing you either can't do it or will struggle to do it. And that is... Yeah, because I'm... mis-selling, you might as well be doing PPI. Like I, 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 in, in previous agencies I've worked for, we've lost out on pitches, knowing full well that the agency that won it couldn't deliver the... But then I quite enjoyed... We, we, don't, we don't do that too often, but in that scenario, it happened more in professional services, that to me, because yeah. we're not typically competing against other UK agencies for the work here at BDB. But I used to, I used to sit back and enjoy just watching it fail. I say crash and burn, but it sounds like I'm a bit sadistic, but I'd, more in the sense of you, know, also, you, you know in 12 months' time they'll be back in contact with you. Yeah. And you, know, you can almost put a reminder in your diary to the day of when the engagement happens to when they've been through the first annual cycle with them, knowing you're going to get the phone call. Or you definitely have a reminder in your diary to pop a phone call in yeah, to go, oh, they delivered, uh, they delivered for you. Well, actually, we've got, not really, they've dropped the ball on X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z, and you know, then you're ideally positioned to pick it up. So, yeah, quite quite often I remember having conversations with clients around, really sorry if not chosen to work with us on this occasion, but I look forward to speaking to you in 12 months' time, <laughs> if not <laughs> sooner. Which that probably sounded arrogant, but it's not meant like that. It's not, you just know, you know what I do. But it's, but it's, the, nature of, it's the nature of the service industry, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
it is the nature of the service industry, and I see it all the time. But it's um, ironic that you can't service it, then, isn't it? That's what I mean. No, the service is. industry, you're engaging in a relationship knowing you can't service it. Um, or knowing you have no intention to execute it, as you say you will. Um, and I think, I think I just think in the agency world, you see it even more. I think, I think sometimes what you see as well, and I've, I do, I've, I've seen this all the time, is you have a team that, say, for example, they, they, they pitch today, and then one of them big like creative director leaves yeah now bang that's that you, you know your, your biggest well, that's all all the all the initial ideas isn't it all the, yeah all the so all then the, then can you yeah. then carry through that job knowing that you've got a one recruit another great creative director you're probably on minimum three months notice yeah so you've got that time lag so you, then you'll probably have to outsource in the meantime yeah, if, yeah. It's, if it's time bound delivery then arguably if you're outsourcing i'm not saying this is always the case but you might have a you know, uh, a degradation in quality of the actual work that you're doing. Who knows? Um, it, it, it's just a, it's a minefield at that point then. And no matter what you say, even if even if you manage to deliver it, even if you manage to deliver it and the client's happy with it, the the pain, hassle, heartache that will go into delivering that job versus the original lovely streamlined process you sell that client. Yeah, well, your profit's taken a hit. It's oh, for, the, for, the, for, for selfishly, I mean, if you end up in a situation where you've just got to keep the client happy at that point, so you're desperately scrambling just to make sure you can deliver. It. But you over-service it, you'll overspend on it, your margins have been eroded, and that, that lovely... There is some agencies out there, I honestly truly look at their quotes and think, how? How do you deliver at that cost? But then, but then, it, you know, I, I can't speak on behalf of everybody's agencies here. But you know, there's certain there's certain people I've dealt with in the past who would undercut you by over over fifty percent. And know, knowing what char- our, our charge out rates here aren't expensive, we don't charge a particular premium. Whether we should do or not is a different thing. But you know, we, we don't. We are probably on market. I would say in terms of charge out rates. So knowing that, there's almost a set price for certain pieces of work, isn't there? You know, you have to do something. Not that there's a little bit of Subjectivity built into certain processes. Well, again, you, I always, ballpark, ballpark. But I always say again, if you, you know, if your client listens to this and you're in a pitch and things are dramatically different in cost, I would be questioning that. And I know sometimes you're under pressure from a budgetary point of view, and the temptation is always there to sometimes go with that cheaper quote. And I, I see it sometimes with um, branding and web development all the time. It depends where you are in your your company's journey but you know there is never a truer thing as pay pay cheap pay twice and I, and, I, and, yeah. I, and I see it all the time yeah I think I think if you, if you if the client ultimately goes to the cheapest offer and that's their driver is price purely price it's arguably a client that I wouldn't want to work no, with no we wouldn't um, which I would proactively decline the opportunity which is and I had a great conversation with this with a load of other agency owners only last week when I was trying to, they were all talking about how uh, over-servicing was a huge issue for them and they were struggling with um, clients um, who were you know, putting too much pressure on them. Yeah. And they were all, all, all of them in the room were going on about this. So I did my little disruptive hand in the air and just said, you don't have to work with them. And it was literally, <laughs> I looked at Catherine, uh, Deputy MD here, and she sort of was smirking at me because, you know, as I say it all the time, in the sense of you, you don't have, you don't want to work with them and they're causing that much hassle, you don't have to work with them. And everybody else in the room sort of, it was like I'd sworn or something, I don't know, you know, like... It, you, you can say no. Well, exactly what I was saying, but that was a foreign concept to them that they were so busy scrambling. They're like, well, what would you do about cash flows? We utilise your team on more engaging work and more profitable work and clients that ultimately value your expertise. 
Um, but it was just, I just found it absolutely astounding that, that that kind of the, the power of saying no was like a foreign concept to them. But um, yeah, I get. I guess is that a good, is that a good juncture to kind of? I think so. Close off for today. Yeah, I do. I think that um, execution matters as a client. If you are really, really in a pitch, I would really, uh, you know, look look at all the, the great concepts that people give you, but always homing on execution and how they're going to deliver it. Um, particularly, particularly if it's not referenced as part of the pitch. That's my point. So in the sense of if, no, if they don't stand there and tell you, no, if tell not, you and no, if it, no, what, what I'm saying is if it's an afterthought. Exactly, exactly. So if it's just at the end with a timeline attached to it, yeah. you know, I would arguably sometimes start with execution. And when we had this debate the yeah, other day, didn't we? we, it's, we like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, again, it's another debate for another time, but in terms of how you structure a pitch and maybe we should do a podcast on that. But yeah. Um, I think there's got to be a good section on execution in terms of how they would integrate with your team. You know, is the delivery realistic on time? All that kind of stuff. I would check references. I really, really would. I was going to say that would be my point. Yeah. If you are a client, take the references, but yeah. make sure they're independent. So, and as it always independent as they can be. Or what I would do is if they give you two particular references, I would then try and get in contact with people that have that, that are listed on their website that maybe have left them, um, or ask them. Anyway, that's a, good, that's a wrap, I think. I think uh, that's the lot for today. Yeah, why oh, not? All right, no worries. Um, again, sub- subscribe if you can, please. That would be absolutely fantastic. And also have a look at our new um, B2B magazine called The Knowledge. It's www.b2bknowledge.co.uk. Dot com. Dot com, sorry. Sorry, uh, mate. Um, and yeah, enjoy your day. Thanks no, very much. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.